What's up, guys? Welcome back to Progress Not Perfection, your daily health and fitness podcast with a little bit of life sprinkled in the mix. I'm here with my friend, Brooke. She is a good friend of mine, Brooke Madigan. How are you doing today? I'm good, Jeff. Thank you for the for the glowing introduction. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I got to come in like a talk show host. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Yeah, that's my that's my podcast voice. So, oh, I hear you with the podcast voice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I try to not be like that, but sometimes, honestly, like that that intro, like your daily health and fitness podcast, a little bit of life sprinkled in the mix. Like I've gotten so good at saying that that it sounds. It sounds cool. It sounds like I know what I'm talking about. So I've gotten good at it. Well, um, you do know what you're talking about. So exactly. that's a good thing. You're, exactly. That's a good thing. Yeah. So we're, we're it's a win-win over here. So I wanted to have you on. Lately, I have been doing just um, just like daily podcasts with myself, which sounds depressing. <laughs> but uh, I've been doing just like these monologue podcasts daily and they've been going really, really well. People seem to like them. They're like short little tidbits. But today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Brooke has been on the show before. And in the last the last time we kind of t- just shot the shit the entire time, talked about your journey and how you became a trainer and the crazy shit that you've tried like the hcg diet and like just crazy things that that we've tried as trainers because a lot of people think that when you're a trainer like you have always had this wonderful relationship with fitness and with nutrition but as a matter of fact like most people who are in the industry have done the most like fucked up unsustainable stuff and learned from it so so that's why i wanted to you know kind of pivot away from that today and talk a little bit about like what has being a mom been like on your fitness journey and how has has being a parent being a busy mom how has that fit into your fitness journey so first of all how old is your son my son is he just turned eight in march so he's eight years old he has just ended this second grade so he'll be in third grade next year which is crazy to think um so yeah i've been a mom for eight years Whoa. And his name is Micah, right? Yes. Micah Sean. I'm not going to say his last name, but, (laughs) but yeah, Micah. And he is just the happiest little boy in the world. He also, um, keeps me busy, obviously episode about busy moms, but he also, uh, has autism. So he has a developmental and intellectual disability as well. So he definitely keeps me on my toes. He's full of energy, full of life, but one of the happiest kids you will ever meet. Yeah. And it seems like that way, just from your Instagram stories, like from what I've seen, he just seems like such a sweet kid. And, uh, you know, seems like he makes you really grateful. So like, what, what are, what are, what are some of the things that he's done like recently that make you just kind of realize like how grateful you are to be a mom? Oh man. I, well, I'm glad you asked me today and not Saturday because Saturday (laughs) he decided to go streaking through the neighbor's sprinkler. So (laughs) today's a good day for that. Um, no, but realistically, um, what makes me like super grateful to be a mom is just to see like that unconditional happiness. Like whenever I walk in the room, like if I'm out grocery shopping and I come home and I walk in the door, I look at his little face and he just lights up and it's just the best feeling in the world. Or when he learns something new, 
you know, we went to the park yesterday and he is still, he struggles with uh, gross motor skills. So I was teaching him how to kick his legs and how to pull them back on the swing. So we do uh, push, pull, push, pull. And of course, fitness mom comes out and I'm trying to like <laughs> extend the knee. And I'm like, wait, he doesn't know what extend <laughs> the knee means. Um, but it's like those little moments where I'm teaching him something and you just see like the light bulb go off. Or sure. I'm sure any busy mom that's listening to this podcast knows like, at the end of like a really tough day, you put them to bed, you walk in and you look at them while they're sleeping. And then all of a sudden you're just like overwhelmed with this joy of this little human that you've brought in the world and you see their adorable sleeping little face. And it just makes, it makes the hard days much easier. Yeah. That's amazing. I love, I love the the thought of the trainer coming out, extend the knees. Yeah. That was like, <laughs> that was amazing. Oh man. So, okay. So he is eight years old and what is, what kind of like, what kind of foods do you prepare for your son? Like, like, does he like basic stuff? Like, does he eat his vegetables? Does he just like, you know, at that age, I think cheese was like my major food group and like cheese. It's anything cheese or olives was like all I could eat at that age. So what does your son's nutrition look like? Yeah, he is a bona fide cheese lover. That is a fact. He absolutely lo- like he's on a baby bell kick. So like I have to buy baby bells at Costco because <laughs> he eats like four of them a day. And I'm like, dang, dude, you're you're killing the cheese game. Um, just before we recorded, I got him all set up with some little mini cheese pizzas upstairs, which um, I use like the little mini non bread. And I just broil them, throw some tomato basil marinara, a little bit of shredded cheese, boom, good to go. Um, He loves cheese. He, with him being on the spectrum, he actually has a lot of foods that like uh, aversions. So there are certain textures, certain smells that he is very averse to. So when he was younger, he was a very, very, very picky eater. I could only get him to eat like macaroni and cheese and mashed potatoes. Now. What I started to do is I started to make a lot of meals at home. I started to get him to help me, whether it's just him reaching his hand into the spring mix container and putting it in the bowl. The more that I had him help me in the kitchen, the more he became curious as to what I was eating. I would still make his favorite foods, but the more that I would prepare, the more he would get interested in the foods that I was eating. So he now like loves Caesar salad. Like he is a Caesar salad guy all the way. So Caesar salad, he loves like any type of crock pot chicken, which that's a huge tip that I recommend for moms is get very comfortable with your crock pot because it is a lifesaver. Um, and yeah, I mean, he eats pretty much anything now. He loves salmon. He loves steak. Um, protein is very, very hard to get really any kid eating. So I just try to make protein that is the best for him. And I just try to emulate and I try to set the example of what a healthy lifestyle should look like, because in general, your kids want to be like you. So Mm -hmm. that's one of my biggest pieces of advice. If you want your kids to be healthy and eat healthy, you got to set that tone and that example for them. Yeah. I love that. Those are amazing tips. So, okay, so he has kind of grown out of his pickiness stage, and now he's kind of, as long as you have him helping you in the kitchen, he seems to, like, enjoy trying those different foods that you, 
like you said, you put the spring mix in the bowl and he loves Caesar salads. Now, is that from you including him in the kitchen? Absolutely. I'll have him like if I'm doing like a sauce or mixing a sauce or something that's obviously not dangerous where he's, you know, not going to hurt himself. I always try to have him be as much of a help as possible. And I try not to correct him either. It's like if he's stirring something, he's just moving it back and forth. Like I just let him do that. And then when he walks away and he's done, then I stir it the way I think, you know, (laughs) in order to get all the flavors going. Right. Right. But for the most part, yeah. Like including him in my cooking adventures has been like the most helpful when it comes to teaching him what healthy eating should look like. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, love, love the idea of getting your kids involved in the kitchen. I think that is like, I don't know why I've never thought of that, but you know what? I'm not a dad, but obviously, you know, when I was a kid, I, I liked the idea of like being in the kitchen and helping my mom. Like I remember being young and like my grandma would have me in the kitchen be like, here, shred this, you know, shred this cheat, like do this and do that. And I would like, I feel so good because I was helping and like, you're right. It did kind of make me want to try those foods that I was making because I, I was like, there's like this proud moment where you're proud of like, I helped with that. Just so you guys know, I helped with that. Right. So brag factor. Oh yeah. 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 You're like, yeah. And as a kid, like, you know, you want to, you want credit for everything you do, you know, and you're like, I helped with that just to let you guys know. So oh, for sure. All of that, like positive reinforcement. And before I was a trainer, I actually worked as a director for a boys and girls club for many years. So I did kindergarten director. I was a childcare director, a teen director, and some of the best moments that I had with the kids that I worked with were in the kitchen. Like they were helping me make snack. And like you said, there's such a, um, a profound sense of pride when you're able to make something and then have other people enjoy that as well. Mm -hmm. So I think it's super helpful. And just really like anytime your kids are in the kitchen with you, giving them that positive reinforcement, wow, you're doing such a good job. And, you know, wow, this food tastes so good. Thank you for helping make that. And it's just such a wonderful way to bond with your kids. And the same goes for exercise too, you know, same thing goes for fitness. So he loves to come down into the home gym with me, even if I'm just warming up and stretching and he'll put like a little resistance band around his legs and just start walking around because he sees yeah. me like warming up. Yeah. And so the same thing goes for fitness too. You know, your, your kids want to be like you. And if you're active and you're healthy, they, they learn from that and they pick that up, whether you realize that they do or not, they are little sponges. Yeah, totally. I love that. And, and you know what, I'm seeing more of that uh, on social media, like I'm seeing more kids getting, uh, introduced to lifting early on and getting introduced to cooking early on. And I think this is like, that's some of the greatest stuff that you can do. So when you're, so I know you have a home gym and I know that helps with, you know, being a busy mom and not having to travel, you know, in Seattle traffic to get all the way to the gym every single day. You know, I know that you've, recently pivoted oh there he is the star of the show (laughs) (laughs) i see he's done with his pizza he's mad um (laughs) he's like checking on me he's like you good mom (laughs) (laughs) you good all right um so when so when a lot one thing i hear from parents especially some of my clients is like 
their kids will kind of be really needy with them while they're trying to get in their workouts from home. So how can you, how do you deal with that? And like, and, and if you, and if you find that your kid is being extra needy and wants more attention, like, you know, is, how do you navigate like wanting to get in your workout, but also not necessarily having maybe the full attention to your workout? Yeah, that is definitely a problem, especially, you know, throughout COVID, a lot of people were working out at home. A lot of people were stuck at home with their kids where they were balancing online school, their online work, and it can be really challenging to actually like make the time to prioritize your workouts, especially when your kids are there and they're wanting to, you know, be in your face or climb all over you when you're in a plank or whatnot. And so what I do with my son is I really just try to like show him something that's very easy, but also complicated, like a, like a body weight squat, like here, do this with mom. And I'll show him like a body weight squat and he'll try to do it. And then I'll kind of like bust out a few reps, you know, of whatever I'm doing. And then in between kind of go back and forth between attentive and not attentive. Um, I shouldn't say not attentive, but trying to get my shit done. You know what I mean? Um, so it can be really challenging. The one thing that I know that it's helped me a ton is just scheduling your workouts. And I know that that sounds like such a chore as it is, but just like you would a hair appointment or a nail appointment or a doctor appointment. Like that's an appointment with yourself to take care of yourself. And with, as a busy mom, like it's super hard, whether it's waiting or waking up early to get that in, even if it's 20 minutes, like 20 minutes is better than nothing. Um, If it's taking your kid out on a hike or if it's taking your kid on a walk or going to the park and finding, you know, a bench and you're doing step ups and you're holding your kid and you're making it fun and making them want to interact. That's always a really good way to go about it too. But my biggest piece of advice is to just schedule your workouts, you know, or just scheduling that one-on-one time with yourself, whether it's you get up before your kids wake up and you journal and then set out some time to work out that day. Just the main thing is, is to make sure that you're prioritizing your schedule first and foremost. I mean, it's a chore, but it's helpful. Yeah. Including the kids rather than like trying to always figure out how to exclude them or how to, you know, work around them. You know, you can do both. You can schedule that time early in the day before they're up or, you know, when you know you have somebody to watch him or her or, you know, or include them in the workout. I like that idea a lot too, because like a lot of times you just can't predict, you know, what your little one's going to be doing and, and uh, what's going to be happening. So including them in the workout, Hey, you know, do some of these body weight squats and then you go and get your reps done because you know, he's going to be done really fast with those. So I, oh, I yeah. love that idea. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's something where I'll even, if he's, he, my son's like 50 pounds, like he's tall, he's lengthy, but he is like 50 pounds. So there are times where, you know, I'll throw him on my back and say, Hey, do you want a piggyback ride? And I'll do walking lunges in the gym with him on my back. And he thinks it's hilarious. I'm dying. Like it's a win-win. Yeah. So he's enjoying it. It's like a carnival ride and you're getting a gnarly workout in. So there you go. Exactly. Yeah. So one thing that, you know, I used to live, I've, I've lived with a lot of kids just because I've had roommates who have had kids. I'm an uncle and, you know, I've been, so I've been around like, especially young boys a lot. And they do like a lot of them really, really did. Like they'd, they'd see me doing stuff around the house and they'd want to be included in it. Like, and, and one of the kids, I remember he was around that age. He was around 
uh, six or seven. And he like really looked up to me, you know, and I like one thing that I was doing at the time, like it was really cold. It was winter time and I wanted to get my steps in. So I would put my headphones on and just walk up and down the stairs for like 30 minutes at a time. And, uh, and like pretty soon he like, he's like, can I walk up and down the stairs with you? And so pretty soon, like, you know, I had this kid like walking up and down the stairs with me and I'd have him like carry books with him, you know, to put some extra weight on. And like, like he loved it. It was like, it, it was so amazing that physical fitness, like it, it became something that he looked at as like, it was fun. It wasn't like a chore, right. Or like a PE class. Yeah, that's actually, I love that you brought that up because that's such a great idea. Like that, I totally spaced on that. Like get your kids into sports too. If you can, like whether it's martial arts, whether it's basketball, whether it's soccer or what have you and play those with them, like always make things a competition. That's one thing that I like to do with my son. Like, okay, on your marks, get set, go. And we'll race each other at the park. I mean, kids love to race each other. They love to play tag. They love to play hide and seek. So doing those games that are going to keep them active is also going to tire them out and you both are going to sleep better, but it's, it's really helpful for kids. I mean, I know we're actually looking at getting Micah enrolled in the special Olympics since he qualifies for age this year. And I am so excited because sports are so good for kids and it teaches them that active lifestyle. And then when they see you living up to that same expectation, it just makes everybody happier. Yeah builds up that self-efficacy too, where like kids, you know, maybe they don't think they can do certain things, but like, you know, if, if they play sports and, and they have a good coach that encourages them to, you know, always push themselves and encourages them to believe in themselves, like that translates out of sports in so many ways. Like if I didn't play sports as a kid, I probably wouldn't have had the self-confidence to like go out and make new friends and like go be in social situations that were tough or, you know, go ask that girl out or whatever, you know, it's, it's so playing sports as a kid definitely gave me a a self-confidence that I don't think I would have had if I didn't play sports. Yeah. So I was the total opposite. I actually didn't play sports and I like, I was good at one sport. I did martial arts for five years and I was really good at martial arts, but when it came to team sports, I just was not very good. I didn't have a lot of good coordination. And the one thing is the grown up as a grown up, as an adult, uh, <laughs> that I regret is not playing more sports as a kid. Mm-hmm. I really wish I could have done that. Cause like you said, it helps develop that confidence and it helps develop that, Um, that awareness, the ability to make friends. And that does translate just like in the weight room, like when we're lifting and we're feeling good and confident that translates outside, the same goes for your kids. And I know if you're a busy parent, the thought of adding more to your plate can be really stressful, but just know that like everything we do for the most parts for our kids. And so while they're playing a sport, you can be on the sidelines, like doing your squats or doing those things. It's just finding the time and making that time. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's, uh, those are good tips, you know, and and I also the camaraderie of team sports, you know, like learning how to cooperate with other, other people and how to, you know, work as a team. That's so beneficial too, for like when they enter the workforce and, you know, if they're entering like a job where it requires them to work as a team, that's, that's important. Those are important skills to learn. Um, 
So I think that's that's awesome that you're getting Micah uh, enrolled in the Special Olympics. I can't wait to see like what what kind of stuff he's doing with that. And hopefully, hopefully you keep me posted. Oh, for sure. Okay. So the next question I have for you is what kind of things would you recommend for parents who can't make it to the gym three to four times per week? And maybe they don't have like a home gym. Yeah, I would definitely recommend doing what you can, like no matter what something is better than nothing. And I know I said that, you know, a little earlier, but it is true. Something is better than nothing. And whether that is finding like a fitness program that works for you, that doesn't require weights, whether it's following, you know, you can make anything work. So one thing you can do like without weights is you can do a a body weight circuit when it comes to strength training, you can always make exercises more challenging by slowing down reps, adding tempo by doing one and a half reps, things like that. But most importantly, if you find a good coach that can program for you, with no equipment, that's always a good plan because there's always ways that you can progress things. So again, carving out that time, finding something that works, like the basics work, any squat movement, any hinge movement, any push movement, any pull movement, you can get a great benefit with very minimal to no equipment. If you're willing to invest that time and possibly money, if you hire a good coach to help you with that. So and, and I mean, you and I both know a lot of really awesome coaches that can help with that. And, you know, following people that give good information is going to be huge, but things like anything like squats, anything like loop bridges, you can use a backpack, fill a backpack up with books, you know, step on the scale, see how much it weighs. And then you, every week you can add another book or every week you can, you know, have another form of resistance. I mean, you can use your kid. If you have a newborn baby, strap them on your chest with one of those baby carriers and get to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think 2020 was like the year of using weird stuff to work out. Like people did such interesting stuff. Like, you know, obviously, you know, using soup cans for resistance, you know, like just stuff that you're like, well, whoa, what are, what are they doing? But, you know, definitely I definitely like the idea of using like things like suitcases and backpacks because like a suitcase you have, you have a lot of potential to stuff a lot of weight in that suitcase and you can make it as heavy as you want. You can do rows with it. You can strap it on your back and do squats with it. You can do front squats. You can do lunges, like pretty much anything that you do with a a regular bar, you can use like a suitcase with, or, you know, you can pack on, and, and then a backpack, you can even use the strap at the top as like a, as a dumbbell to do curls, or you can do overhead tricep extensions with it. Obviously it's not going to be ideal, but if you're just, if you're just working with what you got, like you can definitely get in a crazy good workout. Like I was using, I, there was no dumbbells available to purchase side. So I, I bought five gallon, um, five gallon collapsible water jugs and fill and like if you filled this thing all the way up with water, this thing would be like, I think it was 45 or 50 pounds. So I bought two of them and I was doing rows with them. And I mean, I got great workouts with five gallon jugs. Oh yeah. Well, sand is another one like Mm -hmm. using sand. Um, I actually had a client during the lockdown. She went to home or not went to home Depot, but had it shipped to her, whatever she did a couple of buckets and she mixed cement and filled 
buckets with cement every week. She would add like a little bit more cement to her bucket. I'm like, dang, you are not only are you committed, but you are creative. So using your imagination and being creative when you're at home is going to be super helpful. I love the idea of the five gallon water jugs because you could fill it up with water. And then if that becomes too easy and you adapt to that, you can use something like sand or beans or, you know, something that's a little bit more, uh, that weighs a little bit more. So mm-hmm. I think that's a great idea. And yeah, you just really have to be creative. Yeah. And, you know, when dumbbells are back, they're, they're back in stock. They're still overpriced, but you know, you can find some on Amazon that are adjustable for, you know, like $200. You can get some 55 pound dumbbells that, you know, I've seen on there for like $200, which is not a lot of money. And if you, you know, buy some good program, buy some good dumbbell programs, or, you know, hire a coach to do some custom programs for you. And then you've got some pretty killer, like I know for me, and I know for you too, like you, we could program endless amounts of, of dumbbell only workouts. Like there's so many things you can do with just a pair of dumbbells. Oh, you're absolutely right. And that was like my next suggestion is that you have like the financial means to purchase like a set of adjustable dumbbells. I mean, I actually find things on like Facebook marketplace all the time or offer up or, you know, Craigslist can be a little sketch, but you know, (laughs) I've used that too. Um, But finding ways to get equipment is always super helpful because yeah, we can design anything with a couple of dumbbells. It's, it's not a really difficult thing to do that in a TRX, like any type of suspension trainer is also a really good investment too. Yeah. TRXs are so useful if you're new to training to like, just to have those levers and just be able to do like a, even just even because for some people, body weight squats are hard, right? So holding on to a suspension trainer and doing some squats with that. And then like, you know, walking out a little bit further, make it more challenging for yourself or going down a little bit deeper into it. Like I have a client right now who has never lifted a weight in her entire life. She's never been in a gym and we're just doing pretty much all TRX stuff and like some, some kettlebell stuff with like boxes and just kind of just starting from the very, very beginning, just because just a body weight squat for her, like going to depth is not even, she's not even capable of doing that right now because she's never actually worked out her legs ever before in her life. And that's a totally new feeling when you've never actually like worked out your lower body. And all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, what is this soreness? What is this? Yeah. What is this? I (laughs) I know she was like, She's complaining to all her coworkers. I, my trainer put me through a workout. I'm sore for the next week and a half. I can't even sit on the toilet. I was like, oh, that's nothing. You're going to get over that fast. But like, but I remember that first time I started going to the gym and like my lower body, I couldn't even sit on the toilet. And I was like, oh yeah, I don't miss those days at all. <laughs> oh yeah. No, her body will definitely adapt. But I remember I showed a client like a behind the head TRX tricep extension And I love using those like in my own workouts, like on my push days as finishers. And she looked at me, she's like, are you serious? I'm like, "Uh, yeah, like she's been training with me for a couple of years. She's like, those are a little too easy. I'm like, do it. And she, she did it. She was like, what? Like by rep number five, we were doing 12 reps by rep number five. She goes, what the, like, excuse my language, but like, what the F are you doing to me? I'm like, you know don't knock the TRX until you try it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Because you're using 
you're using your total body weight as resistance. So you can make that thing a lot of resistance, right? Like most people are not able to overhead tricep extend, you know, 150 pounds or whatever. But if you lean your entire body weight onto it, like that's, that's pretty damn heavy. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I definitely recommend like adjustable dumbbells or TRX. If you know, you're in the, you're in the market for getting some equipment. Cause those can be like, those can be so helpful. My son, like if I'm working out in the gym, he loves to play on the TRX if I'm lifting. So that can be really helpful when you want to keep them occupied and like they're in there with you. It can be just a lifesaver. I love that. Okay. So I want to know, have there ever been times when you have struggled with your own fitness and being like either, either, you know, being a new mom or be, or maybe a couple years into the game and you kind of have struggled with your own fitness, just balancing time for your son and, and, uh, and your own health and well being. Oh, absolutely. I'm actually going through one of those lulls like right now. And it can be super tough. Like I said, like he just got out of school for summer break. So you know, I was used to him being in school. And as soon as he got on the bus, I would head inside, do my workout real quick. And now like he's not on the bus, he's home. So it's been really tough trying to balance and juggle all of this stuff at once. But, you know, like we had touched on earlier, making that time and carving out that time, you know, like I'm letting him sleep in a little bit since it's summertime, I'm waking up a little earlier, going in and getting it done, regardless of whether I want to or not. Cause these, these phases happen, right? Like for whether you have kids or not, like this, this happens, you go through lulls with your fitness, the ebbs and flows. And when I was a very brand new, like new mom, when he was just a little baby, I actually had never really worked out before. So I began my journey and we, we talked about it on a previous episode. Um, I began my health and fitness journey because of my son, because I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to show him a good example of what an active, healthy lifestyle looks like. And when I started, I didn't know what I was doing. And the most important thing is just to start, even if it's walking, even if it's, you know, going out and pushing them in the stroller while you're just getting some steps in. Um, but yeah, there have been several times on my own journey, regardless of when I was a beginner and even now as, you know, an advanced lifter, like I still, there are moments where I struggle because it it is a balancing act when you're a parent, like it's a balancing act when you're trying to take care of everything. It can be hard to take care of yourself. So preparing things in advance, whether that's meals, whether it's your time, those are all really helpful strategies. And then sometimes like you just flat out don't do your workout and you have to just pick it up the next day. Yeah. And I think being okay with that too, like being, I have several clients right now that are absolute perfectionists and they struggle with like, they miss a workout and think that they think they write off the whole week as that was a terrible week or, you know, they overeat one day and, and they write it off as it was a terrible week. And, you know, it was just a, a total struggle when in reality, like we're not perfect. You know, I, I put up a post today about like how to stop self-sabotaging and, and part of the self-sabotage comes into place when like you're trying to be perfect. Like what comes first, like hitting your workout or making sure that like your kid has everything they need, you know, like obviously your kid comes first, but if you don't bring your best self to like, 
take care of your own self, which I know is like really hard for a lot of moms, especially taking care of yourself first so that you can bring your best self into, into your son or daughter's relationship. Like, I think that, I think that would, that's important. And I think it goes overlooked sometimes. You hit the nail on the head with that. That's so true. I mean, it is so easy to fall into that habit of your kids are your whole world. So you want to make sure that they have everything they need when in reality, like if you think about it, your parent, your, your parents, your kids need parents that are happy and healthy and that are taking care of themselves because as cliche it is, as it is like, you can't take the best care of your kids if you're not at least taking somewhat good care of yourself. And it's hard. It's, it's certainly hard to schedule your time and constantly have like, you know, to prioritize your life. But in reality, what's going to be worth it? You know, that's how I look at it with my son when I don't want to wake up early and work out or when I don't want to plan for the meals of the week ahead. I I look at, okay, what's going to make me feel successful? And if I feel successful, my kids are going to be happier. Well, my kid is going to be happier because I'm happier and they see that confidence. So if, if you elude that confidence and you show that you're happy and you're healthy, they're going to want to be like that. And they're going to want to be confident. So taking care of yourself is a challenge. Like you just have to choose what's going to be the hardest thing. Like, is it going to be hard for you to not take care of yourself and feel like garbage and try to be this perfect parent? Like we're, we're not perfect. Like no, nobody's perfect. Even us coaches, like we're, we're not perfect. We all have our, our struggles and, you just want to make sure that you are doing the best you can. You you can. Oh my gosh, I need more caffeine today, Jeff. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so you talked about preparing meals um, a little bit, and that is one of the main questions I get from clients as well. Is uh, how can you prepare a dinner for your entire family, and also make sure that you are either a able to track it or b like do you make separate food for yourself do you meal prep um how do you navigate like making maybe less macro friendly or less like low calorie meals because not everybody wants to eat low calorie meals um how do you navigate preparing those meals for your family and your own nutrition at the same time it's definitely a struggle. Like there's definitely a struggle there because my son, like I said, he used to be a picky eater and he can still be that way sometimes. And and he has his moments. And my fiance also is pretty picky when it comes to food. So I always try to think when I'm planning a meal is protein first. So I build everything around protein, which protein does everybody like? And then I start there. And that's when I start pairing other things. So I am not a huge fan of making separate meals for like Micah or even my fiance, but I will do variations of things. So like if they don't like uh, green beans, maybe I'll make green beans for me and they can have broccoli or they want um, to have pasta. And maybe what I'll do is I'll have a little bit of pasta, but like if I'm in a fat loss phase, I'll have a little bit of pasta I'll have whatever protein is with it. And then I'll have a big salad. So I'll still eat what they eat and they'll still eat what I eat. The portions just look different. And sometimes if there's a food they really don't like, then I'll just swap it out and they can have a different variation, but I don't change the entire meal because that's just an added stress. Right. So 
when like so let's say so let's say i don't know what's what's your family's like favorite thing that you cook like what is their favorite meal that you cook that's a good question because sometimes it changes but um during the summer months we really love shrimp so what we do is we'll do like a shrimp pasta where it's literally i take frozen shrimp throw it in a pan let it cook i put like a just whatever seasoning that I want. I boil up some noodles, throw the shrimp into the noodles with a little garlic, olive oil, a little sea salt. And that's pretty much done within 20 minutes. Um, we love tacos. I mean, you can't really go wrong with tacos, right? Sure. Um, Agreed 100%. That's why you're on the show. See, this is, this is why we're friends. Uh, <laughs> but things like ta- making different variations of things. So like a lot of kids love chips, nacho night. We'll do nacho night. We'll do fajita Friday. We'll do taco Tuesday. We'll do like a Mexican Monday. We have so many variations for like, like the Mexican cuisine. It's awesome. But also some of my favorites is crock pot chicken. And I know I mentioned it earlier, but you can put anything in the crock pot and let it go. And it's super easy. So I'll use like a cream of mushroom soup. And I'll put that over chicken and it gives it like a gravy flavor or I'll put like Frank's Buffalo wing sauce on it and make like a little like chicken breast, chicken wing type of flavor, you know, really depends on your kids, what they prefer. But I think one of the biggest things that my family really, really loves is just tacos, anything shrimp and steak. We do a lot of steak. So if you're a vegan or vegetarian, that might not work for you, but we do a lot of steak cause it's easy. Yeah. Okay. So you get, so you cook a lot of different meals and what I'm hearing is a lot of Mexican food um, because, you know, Mexican food, obviously it's one of the best foods out there. Um, a little biased, you know, even though I'm Italian, I love my pasta and I love different Italian dishes, but I grew up eating that, but I grew up in LA. So Mexican culture was like a big influence. So I grew up in an Italian New York family in an area that was mostly Hispanic. So when I like, I had had Italian food my entire life, but like when I first tasted real Mexican food, I was like, oh my God, like it was so exotic (laughs) to me. You know what I mean? So I was just like, this is amazing. So, so you mentioned nachos, right? So nachos are probably like, the least macro friendly food, right? <laughs> like that is it's literally, <laughs> it's literally fried chip, like deep fried chips and cheese and then whatever toppings, usually even more like, and so they're already high in dietary fat, which, you know, if you're trying to keep calories at a minimum, um, trying to limit your dietary fat, may be a good idea to a certain extent. Um, but centering the meal around protein. So how do you navigate something like nachos? Do you just say, screw it. It's one night out of the week. It's not a big deal. Or do you, do you put some of the nachos on a plate for yourself and then make some veggies and some protein on the side? Or how do you navigate something that is so high in dietary fat and, and low in other things that we may want or need in our, in our nutrition? That's a great question. And I realized that right after I said it, Mike, I just told people to eat nachos. Uh, They're not bad, but one thing that I do 
is I actually like, first of all, like we make everything at home when we're going that route. And so I'll typically go to the store and find kind of like whatever tortilla chips are the lowest in calories. So like lately we were doing this, uh, the Siete brand and they're like these grain free, uh, tortilla chips. So like they were like Mm -hmm. cassava, they were super good. I like to use a lot of like the reduced fat cheese, um, when I make them and I measure things out. So like for me, what I'll do is I'll get like one serving of chips, right. And I'll do one serving of cheese. And then I, when we, when we do nachos, we use chicken breast instead of like beef or pork or something like that. So I'll typically use like crock pot chicken breast. I throw it in the crock pot, cover it with enchilada sauce and then shred it. And we'll use that as like our protein. And we'll just put a ton of chicken on top of the nachos. And then we'll, you know, put one serving of cheese. We'll do Greek yogurt instead of sour cream, like plain non-fat Greek yogurt, because that has high protein, lower calories. Mm-hmm. Um, I get the little individual servings of like guacamole or like smashed avocado instead of throwing a whole avocado. I always get like the pre-packaged ones like from Costco. And I always like, I'll use like half of one instead of a whole one to limit calories. But for the most part, when we do nachos, I'll make like a, like a little plate of nachos. And then what I'll do is I will make like a big taco salad next to it. So I'll load up the veggies. And so it's almost like I'm having a taco salad with a side of nachos rather than just the main course being nachos. And my family does really good with that. So that's another good suggestion um, that I have for people. Yeah, no, I love, I love that because you're just making like small little tweaks to something that like could be totally something that would be like four times as many calories if you didn't make those small little adjustments And then I like the idea of making your own little portion portion of the food that you're trying to give to your family, because now you have all the ingredients and you don't have to make theirs like so carefully because they probably are not tracking their calories. Right. So you can just throw the chips and everything onto a sheet tray and bake it from there. So like literally that makes everything so much easier. Sorry, I'm opening the door for my mom. We have a nice little three lock setup. So my son cannot escape our house. So we have like three locks. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's Micah proof. It's Micah proof. I mean, that's how we ended up with like the streaking accident on Saturday. <laughs> so yeah, we had to kind of like Micah proof our front door. So he's not like taking off like and if any mom like is listening to this they totally understand like that struggle when like you're trying to take a shower and all of a sudden you hear the garage open and you're like fuck (laughs) so he was just cruising around the neighborhood uh naked or what he ran through the neighbor's sprinkler with his clothes on and realized he didn't like wet clothes so he just stripped them off and i'm like dude Oh my God. That's so, that's so amazing. Okay. So that, that's really the main questions I have for you. Um, do you have any tips that you want to give to moms out there who are struggling with, with creating that balance with their kids and creating that time for themselves and maybe making meals more 
accessible for, for themselves while they're in a deficit, you know, do you have any, just like some, some simple tips you can give out to close this episode out? Absolutely. So first and foremost, like we had mentioned earlier, like prioritizing, scheduling, getting yourself into a routine, like routine is very, very important for a lot of people. And the second tip is, is like when you are grocery shopping, I understand that it takes some time, but really trying to plan out what you're going to have, whether it's lunches, whether it's dinners, whether it's breakfast, start with one thing and focus on developing that habit and before moving on to your next one. Because just because you want to change your life, it is going to be an adjustment for your family as well. So one thing at a time is going to be really helpful. So scheduling your scheduling yourself, uh, making sure that you're kind of preparing what you're going to have, having healthy snacks on hand, whether it's having a fruit bowl, having, you know, Greek yogurts in the fridge or what have you, having healthy snacks available for you and your family is going to be helpful and getting your kids active with you, whether it's hiking, whether it's they're in the room with you when you're lifting, whether it's getting them into sports, things like that are also going to be helpful. And planning your meals and what you're trying to eat around protein and just trying to look for, like, I don't want to say healthier options because health healthy is relative, right? But trying to find options that are going to align more with your goals. Love that. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, just some really, really solid tips and, and also just maybe some things that people have never heard or are not thinking about, you know, like involving your kids in the kitchen, having them cook with you. Like I, I would have, I would not have thought of that one, but, but that is such a key tip right there. I think for moms is get your kids involved, get them involved in like cooking in the kitchen, get them and get them excited about like doing their own little workout with you. Like, I think that's, such a fun idea, especially if your kids seem to be kind of interested in that. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's, you know, it, it will be hard. And so if you're listening to this thinking, oh man, if my kid's cooking with me, like that's going to be messy. Like it will be, it will be messy, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's going to pay off in the long run. So, yeah. you know, just do your best. It's going to be hard regardless. So you just got to choose your hard and even though it's hard, you're going to be able to do it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Brooke. That's going to wrap up our episode. And then I have an episode coming out with your podcast here um, probably pretty soon. So uh, what's the name of your podcast? Where can people find you and give you some love? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Get You a Brook. And you can also find me on my website. That's www.functionaltotalfitness.com. I know it's a mouthful, uh, but also I have a podcast and it is the Donuts and Dumbbells podcast. And I love it. I have not made an episode in a while, so I'm excited for ours. We're going to make one and it's going to be a banger. It's going to be lit. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on, Brooke. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, Jeff. Thank All you. Right, bye.